0: Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father, from our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. The text comes from the psalmody, and and, uh, the other lessons are wonderful, except the gospel lesson I preached on three years ago, the epistle lesson I preached on six years ago, and the Old Testament lesson, which I love, was nine years ago. The one lesson was the psalmody. So, here we have... The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? And then David closes this psalm, Wait for the Lord, be strong, take heart and wait for the Lord. There are a lot of ambiguities in life. We can never look too far into the future and, and be certain of what's held there. And oftentimes, too often, we can look at the here and now and realize that we are uncertain. Their light at the end of the tunnel may be indeed a train approaching. David, the king, faced sim- similar ambiguities in his life. We we don't know the exact circumstances where he sat down and wrote the psalm that we now call Psalm 27. But it's clear that he's in a crisis. It's clear that he has enemies that are physically opposing him. It is clear that he has some uncertainty towards his enemies. As king of Israel, he would find himself uncertain about the future. Quite often the future not only seemed dark but filled with enemies, enemies without and even his own sin within. And the pressures of running a nation could be greater than any king could endure. Even the power and wealth of a king couldn't guarantee a bright future. In many of David's psalms, and I like his psalm writing, There is some uncertainty. His confidence seems to waver. His patience comes to an end. You can see him making a fist and shouting at God, How long? When will you relent? But in this psalm, there's confidence. He waits for the Lord. My heart shall not fear. I will be confident. He will lift me up. I will sing, I will look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Or the opening verse, the Lord, He's my light, He's my salvation, whom shall I fear? This is our confidence as well. This morning, at some point very early in the morning, we entered into the fall equinox. Now, fall is my favorite season. Of the year. It's time to get outside. It's time to do things that I enjoy. The only drawback is now the days get shorter and the nights get longer and longer and longer. The darkness seems to be overbearing and isn't it good to know that the Lord is our light and our salvation of what can we possibly be afraid our lord gives the light that banishes all fear now it's clear that david is speaking about something other than physical life the question here whom of whom shall i be afraid is rhetorical because the lord knows the, david knows the lord and he knows the light that the lord is able to give Imagine yourself coming home later at night when the power is out and you arrive at your house, your garage door doesn't go up unless you've got one of those nifty ones with the battery backup. But you get there and you have to light a candle in order to see once you get in the house. I mean, candles are good, but they're for emergencies. Or we had this mag flashlight that was, uh, what, three, cell, uh, three C cells put together. And, and it's pretty bright, but it has a, a spot focus. And there's a, a lot of darkness around where the light doesn't hit. Well, I picked up another light, 1,200 lumens. That's as bright as bright beam on a car. When you fire that up, you don't need to point it at anything other than up. And every corner of darkness is gone. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Now, David's not an idealist. He doesn't suggest that the, the darkness will be eliminated from every corner of your life. No. He's a realist and he understands how darkness works. Darkness works within our world and darkness works within our own lives. The power of darkness is this power of sin to blind our eyes to this glory of God in Christ Jesus. But let's not dwell in the darkness, but let's recognize it for what it is. There is evil at work in our world. There is a darkness that would like to overcome the light. There are those that are openly opposed to the truth of God's word, the truth of saved by grace through faith. David acknowledges that it's a spiritual warfare that's taking place. It's the hosts of Satan that encamp against him. Satan is the master of spiritual darkness. He wages his best war against our souls. He would drag us into darkness and bind us in a place where we cannot see the light of God. He's sly, but God is smarter and more powerful. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Perhaps it's the subtleness, the most dangerous form of darkness, is those little shadows we prefer to keep inside. We need to confess that inside us dwell our worst enemies. We have many ways of blinding ourselves to the light of the Lord. The most effective is to close our ears. Now, how does that stop light if you close your ears? Well, the, use, <laughs> the way that we... Get the light of God into our lives is by hearing it, by hearing it proclaimed or reading it so that it comes into our life and casts away all shadows. When we refuse to listen, when we avoid public worship, when we ignore uh, Bible study opportunities, when we don't have time for personal devotions, we're driving ourselves into that darkness and away from the light. It's called sin our examination of the reality of darkness uncovers itself even residing in our lives, in our hearts. There is darkness there. We cannot escape it, and we cannot save ourselves. But how can the psalmist be so certain? So certain, I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. How can we be sure of this same confidence, this same salvation? Well, Brothers and sisters, be quieted by Christ's powerful word. The light is more powerful than the darkness of your sin. That was demonstrated when God sent the light of the world into our sin-darkened world. Jesus, the, I speak of Jesus, the light of the world, who said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life the light of this world drove out the darkness of sin, drove out the darkness of sin in my life and in the world in which we live. On that day that he died when the sun refused to shine, there out of that darkness comes the light that lives forever, that light that lives in us forever. This light of Jesus' death is the death of our sin, the sin of not listening as well as every other sin It stands forgiven. In this light, even evil people, all the host of Satan, stumble and fall. This is the light that is our salvation. Of whom shall we be afraid? It's true all the time. Jesus is the light, even after the fall equinox. He'll be with us to guide and protect us against all darkness. So whom shall we fear? This is a light that never goes out. Every other source in creation has a time limit. Even scientists have estimated the day or the year the sun will go dark. Now, we look forward to the end of darkness. It will come. God has promised an eternal city in heaven that is described this way. It has no need of the sun or moon to shine, for the glory of God will give it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. Jesus, the light of the world, by which we live, by which we see, by which we go into all eternity. Because the Lord is our light, we can be confident that we have salvation in his name, because the darkness cannot overcome his light. Amen. May this peace hold our hearts and our minds, in the true faith, even to life everlasting. Amen.